Welcome to Yoga Chit Chat. I'm Phoebe Schiff, yoga teacher, traveler, and moon cycle tracker. And I'm Karak Morinaga, yoga teacher, brother, and husband. Every week, we meet virtually for an informal discussion on a common yoga philosophy, principle, or theme. This week's topic is dhyana, which translates into meditation. We've been working our way through the eight limbs of yoga, according to Patanjali's Yoga Sutras. And we started with the yamas, which are the ways that we interact with the world. We moved into the niyamas, which are personal observances. Then we went to asana, which was working on being able to sit for a long period of time so that we can meditate eventually. And then asana includes in the modern world the yoga poses that we do so that we can sit for a long period of time. After asana, there's pranayama, the breath work. And then pratyahara was this practice of withdrawing the senses. Dharana is the act of focusing on one object or idea or thought. And then dhyana now takes us to the realm of now continuous focus on that one idea or point or thought or object. The practices went from being very external, interacting with the outside world, and then interacting with ourselves, interacting with the body in yoga poses, then more internal with the breath, and then taking things even more internal with concentration. And then now this continuous flow of concentration to the one object or point or idea. The practices are getting more and more subtle, drawing us deeper and deeper inside to know ourselves better. Yeah, everything leading up to Diana is sort of this divine preparation for Diana, which is this continuous flow. This is the way that Swami Sachidananda defines it in the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. He says that it's the continuous flow of cognition toward the object of concentration and likens it to pouring oil from one pot to another. So there's this idea of flow which has been enabled by all of the limbs leading up to it. And to simplify this idea, the way that I make sense of it is that Dharana, which was the, the limb before this, is kind of like turning on the hose. It's like the practice of being like, okay, there's a hose and I'm focusing on it long enough to turn it on. And then Diana is what comes forth from that focused effort of turning on the hose. It's the flow of water. And that flow is, is meditation. We can turn on the flow of water, but then we don't necessarily control the flow of water. Diana is not something that we can force to happen. It's something that we create the conditions for, and then Diana hopefully happens on its own. 
it is a practice that comes not from intense concentration or force, but when we're relaxed and we're in that flow state, everything sort of clicks into place and flows like the water from the hose or like the oil from pot to pot. Dharana, which is concentration, as we've discussed, that's the effort. That's the, I don't want to say that it's harder, but that's the more involved active part. Metaphorically speaking, if we're still speaking about the hose, it's you have to actively turn the hose on. For Diana, it's more about just allowing the flow of water or meditation to come forth. So it's not a practice of effort. It's a practice of allowing or receiving or simply observing something flowing through you, to you. There's a whole lot of different prepositions you can use to explain Diana. So it's, it's less effort and, and more ease. So we often will translate Diana simply as meditation. So the state of meditation is this state of your mind continuously focusing on the object. When we're concentrating, we focus our minds on the object and then maybe we lose it for a moment and the flow gets interrupted. But when everything is right, when we turn on the hose, when we use our effort, after a while, we get into this state, a flow state, where things move easily, where spirit is allowed to move with us and through us, and something like meditation happens. So very often we'll translate dhyana as meditation. The question then becomes, how do you know when you've meditated? How do you know when you're in that state? What is the difference between just concentrating and focusing on something? So if you're focusing on something external, one of the things that I've done in the past is just having a candle flame in front of me and you just focus your vision on the candle flame and I'll get distracted by something in the room or I'll have to blink or take my eyes off of the flame. I'll lose concentration. The steady flow would be continuous observance of the object. And then how do you know when things shift from concentrating and using effort to being in the flow state? One of the ways that we can describe it is simply as losing track of time. So in the meditative state or in the flow state, time seems to shift and maybe we even lose track of time. When we're sitting down for meditation and we set the timer for X amount of time and the timer goes off and we think, oh my gosh, I thought I had a lot longer to be in this meditation. And time seems to fly. Time seems to not matter in that moment. That's maybe one way that we can think about being in meditation or being in in the flow, so to speak. If meditation feels long, you are concentrating, not meditating. That is this subtle difference between effort and allowing, which is the difference between dharana and dhyana, which are different and similar in that way. 
And we've all had that experience doing something, and this doesn't have to be on your meditation cushion or on your yoga mat in life. If we're doing something and we get into flow or a flow state and time flies, then we've been in a meditation of sorts. We've been in that state of flow. But when something feels like it's taking a really long time or we keep checking to see how long it's been, then we're not in meditation. To be honest with you, while I'm sitting in meditation in the morning, I move in and out of meditation constantly. One of my practices right now, I use Insight Timer, which is an app that times your meditation. And so I'll have my phone in front of me and it'll show how much longer I have. And one of my practices right now is just not peeking to see how much time is left. And it's really hard because sometimes when I'm not meditating or more in effort, I'm just like, maybe my phone died and I, I need to check that it's still there. And it, it's always still on. And there's usually a few minutes left. If that's the measure of meditation, then I, I too feel like I move in and out of meditation. And some days the meditation flies by and I wonder where the time went. And I guess we could call that a good meditation. And then other days I'm wondering when the alarm's going to go off or I'm peeking at the clock and maybe I'm more in concentration Dharana and less in the flow state of Diana. But I try not to label my sessions as good or bad. So even if I do peek at the clock or I am just concentrating and not really feeling in it where time flies, then it's not good or bad. It's just it's just what the session was. Some days are different than other days. But I agree. I, For me, anyway, I'm not always instantly in Diana, instantly in meditation. And some days time just moves at a normal pace for me in meditation. Right. right. Yeah. Sometimes for me, it's like I'm turning the hose on, turning the hose off, turning the hose on, turning the hose off, and just getting drenched in the meantime. So take me through your meditation practice. How often do you do it? What tools do you use? It sounds like you have a really great non-judgmental approach to it, but what does that look like for you? For me, my approach has to be non-judgmental. Otherwise, I would feel terrible about my meditation practice. I don't even call it a meditation practice. I just call it a sitting practice. So I try to sit um, once a day, usually in the morning, I have a much better chance of doing it in the morning. I feel much better about it and it feels better to do it in the morning. If I don't sit in the morning, then I'm trying to squeeze it into a different part of my day. And sometimes it doesn't even happen. So I try to do this in the morning. I sit, I have a room in the house. It's for yoga and for meditation. I always sit in the same place in the room. I have a little puja or altar set up and it has a Shiva Nataraja, which is 
it's a statue, this metal statue. It's a very common Hindu statue. It's Shiva. It's a dancing Shiva. It's beautiful. It's pretty big too. It's um, maybe foot and a half high. It's just a nice setting to sit in front of. My altar also has Spider-Man on one side and Yoda on the other side. So they are also important icons in my life, maybe more important than Shiva, probably more important than Shiva. Or maybe they're all the same. Or maybe they're all the same. So I sit in the same place. It's facing a window. So it's just this beautiful setting that I like to sit in. And I have a number of different practices that I do and I do like to mix it up. So I don't do the same thing every day. Some days I'll just sit. Other days I'll use mala beads, which are, you see those long strands of beads that a lot of yogis have. They look like, they're just, well, they're prayer beads. And I'll just pass the beads through my fingers as I sit and I'll count the mala beads. There's 108 in the strands that I use. And to go through the 108 strand, I know is about 10 minutes. So if I go through the strand once, then it's a 10 minute meditation. If I go through the strand twice, it's a 20 minute meditation. I'll sometimes do breathing exercises. So just counting the breath or maybe even pausing the breath. Uh, There's all kinds of different pranayamas. More recently, my favorite thing to do has been to practice a breathless breath. I try to slow down and make my breath as shallow as possible. So it almost feels like I'm not breathing. I can't do it for very long, but it really helps me to slow down. And I feel like it's more like Diana for me than Dharana. When I'm doing pranayama and breathing through my nose and listening to my breath and making the breath very audible and active, that feels like concentration to me. When I do this breathless breath and I'm almost not breathing, it really calms me down, it slows me down, and it feels like nothing else is happening. And I almost feel detached from my body. So that's a little bit of a weird one. Again, I can't do it for very long because uh, I'm breathing so little that eventually I have to take a full breath. So I can do it for maybe 10 of those little breaths, which I'm guessing is about a minute. It's not quite like holding your breath either. Holding your breath is very active and concentrated. It's dharana. And this breathless breath to me feels like Diana. So I've been playing with that really uh, more recently. And then the last thing that is a little more recent for me too is just chakra meditation. So focusing on chakras are little energy centers within the body. And I'll do a little meditation where I focus on one of the chakras just as an object of focus. And that's been feeling pretty good too. So those are some of the different things that I like to do to try to get me to that flow state. What are your techniques, Vivi? I know you have many. First, first, first thing in the morning, 
I keep my yoga mat right next to my bed and I do a little asana practice first thing in the morning, almost every morning. After that, I do a couple of kundalini kriyas. I've mentioned this before. I really like doing breath of fire and the har kriya. And those are very energizing um, pranayamas that kind of, for me, they just kind of feel like they get my fire started. And then after those, because those are very stimulating and sometimes I feel like I'm kind of floating after them, I like to do a very grounded seated meditation. Before I do a seated meditation, something that I do that may be a little bit different is I really like to take a CBD strip, which is kind of like a Listerine strip if you've ever had one of those. I like to take one of those and put it on my tongue. And as it dissolves, I like to sit, I'll put my insight timer on. And I usually do about 20 minutes. If I am a little bit more rushed, I'll do 10. If I have more time, I'll do 30 minutes. I think of the the Kundalini Kriyas as kind of like elevating and then the seated meditation with a CBD strip as kind of coming back down to earth. I really like taking the the CBD beforehand because CBD has an anti-inflammatory property to it. And so that has a lot of implications for your body. And maybe I'm making this up because I know it's anti-inflammatory or maybe I'm really experiencing it, but I almost feel like it makes my thoughts less inflamed and it helps me move into this more relaxed parasympathetic system rest and digest state instead of being in a very stimulated nervous system state. All of this is intended to help me integrate everything from my asana practice, from the energizing kundalini practice, and really just kind of pour back into myself. I'll sit and to be honest, like I said, sometimes I'm peeking at the timer to see how many more minutes I have. And I really practice not doing that because it goes against so much of what meditation is about. And I try and just observe the desire to look at it, but I do sometimes, sometimes I'm a bad yogi. More recently, I've gotten a little bit better about it. That is my usual rundown. If I have more time after that, or um, sometimes during the day after I do a couple hours of work, I love to do a guided meditation lying down with the really fancy headphones you got me for my birthday. Those have made those really awesome. So thanks again. Um, And I like to do a guided meditation from Insight Timer or I have a few other resources. And sometimes it's just a 10 or 15 minute guided visualization of something that I'm manifesting or how I want the rest of my day to unfold. But I really like doing that and I like to cover my eyes and I kind of call it like a cocoon. And sometimes I'll cover myself with blankets too. And I feel like I'm just kind of going into this vortex and then I emerge, recharge to either go back to work or work on something new. Those are my daily ones. And then, you know, I'm always open to learning new techniques and integrating new things. 
what do you get out of your meditation time? Like, how do you feel it benefits you? That's such a great question. Like, why go to all this trouble? I didn't implement all of this until this year because I realized that when you get your energy right in the morning, it just sets you up for, I'm not going to say a perfect day because the day throws all kinds of things at us, but it sets me up for a very aligned day. I also am, if you're familiar with Ayurveda, I am a kapha dosha, which is um, earth element. And so doing the high energy kundalini practices in the morning counteract my earth element and build a little bit of heat, which I need in order to feel energized. So I found that when I don't do my practice, I feel a little bit tired. So creating energy for myself is a big part of it. Practicing focus is another part of it. My focus is a day-to-day practice and it gets a little bit better with every morning practice. But I think of it, I think of meditation as almost like taking my focus to the gym every morning. So I get a little bit energized, a little bit clearer, and a little bit more aligned before I start to work on activities or tasks. What about you? What do you get out of your practice? I like what you said about focus. I think that's true for me too. It gets harder and harder to focus in the chaos of our world and technology. And I I definitely feel that. So the meditation practice helps me to practice concentrating and focusing. I think that the main reason that I do the meditation is that it really helps me to unplug just for a moment or two. It forces me to turn off everything. I'm one of those people who there's always something on in the background, usually a podcast or something that I'm trying to learn. Uh, I'm trying to learn something, audiobooks and things like that. There's very little time where there's silence. I guess I don't like that that much, at least not throughout the day. So even when I'm, for example, preparing my lunch, uh, I'm watching YouTube. When I'm puttering around the house, I'm listening to a podcast. When I'm running, I'm listening to music. The couple of places where I get to unplug are yoga and the meditation. In the yoga that I practice, there's no music. It's just the teacher, whether it's me or another teacher and the students. And you just get to focus on what you're doing on the asana. And then meditation is this one step more subtle practice of just sitting and unplugging. I think it just gives my brain a chance to rest and relax. And and yes, that happens when we sleep at night and things like that too. But even in sleep, our brains can be pretty active. We dream and I don't know how much you remember your dreams, but I, I usually remember at least some of them. And so I know my brain's pretty active at night. Whereas in the meditation, the, it's an opportunity to calm my mind very consciously 
and sort of shut down, turn things off, turn off the chatter and just focus on whatever my object of concentration is, be it a chakra or the lack of sound of my breath or whatever it is that I'm focusing on. You described that cocooning yourself in blankets and covering your eyes and lying on your back and then emerging recharged. Meditation is that for my brain. Uh, I just need to shut it down. It's like rebooting the computer once a day so that we can clear the cache. We can shut down all the apps and, and start fresh. That's really what it does for me. Okay, so then the last reason then is just being alone with myself on the mat, be it yoga or meditation. I do find that a lot of insight comes up out of that time. So instead of listening to someone else telling me something through the podcast or YouTube or whatever I'm listening to, I really get to listen to myself and listen to my inner self my highest self and there's wisdom to be gained from that time on the mat, whether it's sitting or, or doing asana. Yeah. Meditation is really important integration of all of the, the stimuli that we're taking in. It reminds me of a quote from Alan Watts, who's a philosopher. I really like who talks quite a bit about Eastern philosophy This quote, I believe, was actually in reference to psychedelics, which he took and spoke about. But he said, when you get the message, hang up the phone. I think it's really interesting because that doesn't only apply to revelations you have on psychedelics, but also revelations that you may have from listening to podcasts or listening to music, listening to other things. And sometimes for me, I'm, I'm a lot like you, and then I always like to have something on sometimes it's important to hang up the phone from messages coming in and figure out what it means for you. And meditation is that time to really let all of the different messages that are coming to you in various forms settle in. And it gives you the space to, I don't even want to say think or figure out because it's this, it's a flow. It's not the turning on of the hose. It's the allowing of the water coming through. It's kind of like allowing this flow of consciousness to come through and maybe pick up some of the little pockets of wisdom and integrate them in a way that either reveals information to you or gives you guidance or direction or enhances your intuition and I think it's a it's an important effortless practice of just allowing the flow of consciousness to guide your awareness where it needs to go. There are so many different ways to meditate and to practice these different limbs of yoga. We'd love to hear from our listeners. How are you meditating? What do you do? What are your practices? What things help you to be more successful? And equally importantly, why do you do it? What do you get out of the practice? Yes. And if you're interested in trying my practice of taking a CBD strip before you sit down in meditation, some of our listeners have an amazing strip that you'll love. Uh, The company is called Bobsled CBD, 
Their website is bobsled-cbd.com. That's B-O-B-S-L-E-D-CBD.com. If you purchase the CBD strips, they've been kind enough to give us a promo code, which is yoga chit chat with no spaces for 20% off. And you get quite a few strips in the pack. So you can try it with your meditation practice and see if it helps calm your mind like it calms mind. We would also love to hear from you on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is at yoga.chit.chat. Our website is www.yogachitchat.com. We always have blogs up about our episodes. I just posted one this morning. And we are always open to receive the flow of your support on our Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash yogachitchat, where you have the opportunity to donate to the podcast and support us in creating more episodes like this. Thanks, everyone. We'll chat with you next time. See you next time.